0: Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com/panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of Conspiracy Characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitchtv Media. Find our full schedule at ecoplexmedia.com.
1: When they actually spend their time listening to this show, what does it mean? It means we're winning.
2: I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their presses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can tribe for any neighborhood I please. Any hour and the police don't do a thing so if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America i got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Just like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need got a pile of broken mirrors, and I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt, but to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly! So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America i got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America i got all the luck I
3: need Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific right here at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia If you're listening for the first time on the podcast, uh, we're sorry but also uh, follow the <laughs> podcast on the podcatcher you're checking us out on or if you prefer a different one and, I don't know, text it to your friend. I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me actually on uh, port87.social. And just at Dave <laughs> over there, so um, pretty easy to find.
1: And I am HK Perrin. You can find me also on port87.social, which is a Mastodon instance. So if you have Mastodon, uh, just type into the search browser at Perrin at port87.social.
3: Ah. And we don't usually talk about this, but... Uh, Good on Justin for sending all of his viewers our way. We just got a raid here on Twitch. 24 goats. Good way to start the show off. <laughs> um, Yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, fucking, you can support us at uh, echoplexmedia.com. Just click that support tab and um, maybe you should just wait till the end of the podcast to decide if that's something you'd want to do. You know, <laughs> you, you can make your own decisions, I suppose. So, what we have this week is uh, usually, there's no one to root for uh, on the intellectual dollar tree, but a uh, friend of the show, uh, Chris Kavanaugh, actually spoke with Constantine Kissin from uh, Trigonometry. And it was a pretty, you know, I've never seen Constantine subjected to criticism before. So, this is pretty good. Unfortunately, there's no video for this. It's an audio only podcast. We're going to be running it from YouTube, so you'll get a static image. So, if you were, if someone just joins us, they'll know what we're covering. And
4: uh, I guess. Here we go. Today, with us, we have Constantine Kissin from the Trigonometry podcast. Um, So, podcast host and comedian. I guess Constantine is that. uh, A
3: comedian is like uh, whatever. I guess he's just being polite Uh, to his guests. I've done stand up (laughs) since the pandemic started. Uh,
5: So, Comedian in retirement or on a break or whatever it is. I I still write a lot of satirical stuff. I so believe I'm the correct
4: phrase is natural. aspiring
5: yeah, comedian right who gave up. Background. Podcast, a comedian, satirist, whatever you want.
4: Yes, and I think you're based in England, right? You're. That your sounds threatening. In,
5: that sounds threatening <laughs> in your accent, but yes, it's like I confess
4: guilty. Oh, comedian! Yeah, I I I lived in London for. I guess about ten years, so I'm um, I'm familiar that with that. Sounds think, threatening word. in yeah. your um, accent, but, but not is that, there now. So is that okay? Constantine kindly agreed to come on because I think we talked a while back about p- potentially having a discussion about like areas that we might agree or disagree on, and then I listened to your recent appearance on Joe Rogan and some of the same issues that I thought would be useful to discuss came up and you kindly agreed to. And broadly speaking, I would say I don't know how familiar you are with our podcast, but we we tend to focus on online gurus or secular gurus. So this is people that fall into the Jordan Peterson, Nassim Taleb. We've also done Ibram Kendi and uh, who's that guy that we the the science writer matt that we like you're uh, here. You know, not uh, okay i was gonna say no not El- i gotta not say you guys
5: treat your guests with a
4: lot of respect i love it yeah well that's um comedy just to highlight that we we do is that what that's supposed to be across the guru sphere as it exists but we we do have a tendency to focus on the kind of IDW heterodox sphere, in part because that's where a lot of the most dramatic, um, bombastic style gurus are, the Weinstein's, for example. But in any in any case, one of the things that we've come across quite often is that people within the heterodox sphere tend to see a much bigger concern emanating from the mainstream institutions and mainstream media sources and and have less of a concern about the, the kind of alternative spheres and, and guru figures that we talk about. So I, I thought it might be good to talk about the relative problems in, in mm. each of the spheres and, and where, you know, Did his, static you his static image just blinked, his
3: static image just blinked. You don't understand comedy, HK oh this is so creepy creepy
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. oh i
3: feel some kind of way about that maybe we should change the the, uh. (laughs)
0: man
4: why would you do that we might disagree comedy yours and so maybe it would be useful just to start if you kind of outlined where you're coming from or where you see your position being mm-hmm. you know in the online discourse or commentary space or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm.
5: it's a very big and open question i suppose so uh, the way i the way i self-identify as a is, is a kind of enlightened centrist uh, i don't oh that's
3: not a good way to self-identify <laughs> also don't you, don't you people hate people that self-identify as something or another <laughs> I, I identify as enlightened. But I think Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Are you delusional? <laughs> like, I think you can have enlightened positions on certain matters, but if you just decide that you yourself are enlightened, that's crazy talk, right? I think he might be joking. Oh, that's right. He's a comedian. I, I keep forgetting. Is he? Is he joking? I've watched so much of his or stuff. does he it-
1: actually think of think of himself as like a centrist who's who's so centered on everything
3: that he's enlightened. i keep i've watched so much of his stuff and i just keep forgetting that he's a comedian and you have to consider the fact that what he's telling you might be like a very unfunny joke yep
5: (laughs) uh i'm not interested in partisanship or party politics at all in fact Oh, I don't think he was joking party political boggles my mind. It's like why how you could wed yourself permanently to one side of the political spectrum in hugely varying circumstances. I find strange that people are willing to do that.
3: But does Um, that is that what it's like to be like partisans? Because we're generally partisans, right? You probably voted party line Democrat, right? Yep. And but it doesn't mean I'm like wedded to the, 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 the some specific group in every circumstance it's just like when i get my ballot i'm like damage report (laughs) like who is the least crazy what is the least crazy thing i could do with each of these fucking things that are being proposed to me and like you know i'll
1: i'll usually vote straight democrat for people but for for like the the propositions, I don't necessarily vote de- straight Democrat. Like, I've gone against the Democrats on something that they supported that I opposed or something they
3: opposed that I supported. Sure. Sure. But yeah, but basically when you get the your ballot, it's like a uh, damage report. <laughs> I don't think anyone is
1: is like uh, like that much of a partisan. Like even like the the chairman of the DNC is probably not that much of a
3: partisan maybe they are because that's their job but that's like different than their (laughs) individual views too right you can separate out what they do for work than like how they actually view the world they sometimes probably definitely sometimes you they couldn't be a a way in which if you were the chair of the democratic party that sometimes you didn't toe a line you didn't fully believe in because it's your job but that's different yeah Yeah, this that's it's interesting like the way that these people the way that enlightened centrists describe people who are typically conservative or liberal is just absurd Yep. but yeah he wasn't joking he like literally thinks that he's like devoid of bias left or right <laughs>
5: yeah i by the uh, way if I'm this thing blinks while we're paused i'm i'm fucking leaving and the, the the direction they've taken i i I hope that that hasn't prevented me from being an equally fierce critic of where the old media is going wrong um, and the war in Ukraine and the way some of the supposedly heterodox people are covering that is something I've been calling out from the moment that it started because that is an, an issue I understand pretty well being half Russian, half Ukrainian, having grown up in both countries, et cetera. So when I see people going off the deep end on that issue, I haven't been um, shy about calling that out uh but yes, that's uh I guess but that's, that's like a
3: thing that he doesn't even they don't even really dis we've never seen them talk about that on trigonometry like this the 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 war in ukraine is like fairly new considering how long his podcast has been around, and for him to jump to that one it's telling because most of his content is culture war shit, yep, so that anti wokeness yeah, yeah, that's almost that's like almost all of his content, and so it's it's just really telling that he he wants to kind of immediately jump to the thing where he the one thing where he sort of disagrees with the heterodox people
5: position i see myself as being somewhere in the center looking at both extremes and going you're both crazy
3: Uh, yes that's what centrism is it's where you fucking on the ideological playing field you pick a spot where you're like i stand here and you're like okay let's get an ivory tower delivered and so a fucking helicopter comes in drops a fucking ivory tower and then you (laughs) climb up on it and you go you look down and you go Look at all these idiots. <laughs> God, imagine like doing that. Like it's crazy town. And also
1: being a centrist in one culture is not the same as being a
3: centrist in world politics. And I also just, I'm willing to like, I'm willing to believe someone who tells me they're a moderate because they're going to yeah. tell me that they're a conservative, it's- right? But they're the, but I'm moderate. I'm not like real, you know, I'm a conservative but I'm moderate. I don't get into this culture war shit. I like actually I tend to agree with the liberals on culture war ideas and I want I want to leave people alone. I believe that person. Yeah. I don't believe somebody who like without any sense of the irony or the stupidity of what they're telling me tells me that they're an enlightened centrist. <laughs>
5: In terms of the mainstream and the alt the media, uh, I mentioned, you know, some of the areas where I think the old media can go wrong. I do think you have to be careful when you're comparing institutions or systems of communicating information. I'm going to sound very woke here, but it's kind of like stupidity plus power. Like if a guy on a YouTube channel with 30 followers is saying something really stupid, I'm less concerned about that than I am about a mainstream publication saying something equally stupid because the reach. I
3: mean, us too, we push that to like 1130 or midnight here on the intellectual dollar tree.
5: Bigger. Uh, and so I do think the mainstream media, which for the moment still has a much bigger reach and therefore more influence, should be subject to more scrutiny. But apart from that, uh, I, I don't know if that gives you enough to start uh, sticking pins in me.
4: Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I know, for example, that you had run-ins with um, James Lindsay uh, over Ukraine uh, before his uh, ignoble exit from, from Twitter discourse. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, in general, you have been in the trenches over the Ukraine Conflict. Even actually, on the Rogan appearance, I I noted that you know he was more skeptical about the validity of sending arms to support Ukraine or American involvement, and and you push back at which I think is to your credit. Um, but so I guess from what you said, the value of like being able to criticize people on on both sides of the political spectrum, and including people that might agree with you. Is something that you uh, would. You don't
1: have to be of, like, a centrist to be body. able to criticize people on both sides, right?
3: We make fun of dumb liberals all the time here. Yeah, <laughs> like, like Sam is, Harris. Is claims- that what is that? What this is about? Sam Harris claims to be a liberal, and we make fun. We we make so much fun of him that we have a whole, almost a whole soundboard of him.
1: <laughs> like, does may, maybe maybe. The enlightened centrist folk believe that they can't criticize anyone unless they,
3: I don't know, a lot of them at least lean somewhere, so. I don't, I don't, the the enlightened centrist thing, I can't believe he unironically called himself that, that's like a joke. (laughs) I thought that was a joke that people told, right? Yeah
5: right that well uh, ukraine is just the latest example so i've been very clear uh, for example that um, even though uh, because of some of the people that i've interviewed there are a lot of people that think i'm massively on the trump trend and i have friends who who are big trump supporters i'm good friends with someone who used to work for donald trump at a high level uh, but i'm very clear that what well, i was very clear on january the 7th on the morning of january the 7th when appearing on the lotus eaters podcast uh, with francis uh that i thought what happened uh, was
3: that is um just just if anybody doesn't know what the lotus eaters podcast sargon of a cod
5: uh, a complete abomination and completely wrong to the let's just say dissatisfaction of many of the people in his audience um so well like where was he on january
1: 5th when like all the bullshit that he was spewing was bubbling all this this stuff up where was he then well it's only when things actually got violent that he was like oh maybe all this violent rhetoric isn't good
3: well he to be fair i think he was more platforming and like nodding along with people talking about uh like the election being stolen to the extent that those kind of guests were even on because this kind of guests were people like brett weinstein his guests are just grifters right They're not like he didn't have like Steve Bannon on or Alex Jones or anybody who was really pushing like he doesn't have like a lot of Republican partisans on his show. He has people definitely has more like more like like more like the kinds of people we cover on this show or his guest list. Okay, And so he didn't I don't know. I don't know if he was pushing that lie. Plus, he's not even an American. So there's like maybe not even an incentive for him to do that because he's what I mean, he's he's
1: talking about like, I'm not fully on the Trump train. And his example is like on January
3: 7th, I got off the Trump train or it's like, well, really? I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't think that's what he said, but he, <clears throat> I don't think that I, we have had ever uh, seen clips of him advocating for Donald Trump, but I don't remember seeing him criticize yeah. either. But that's to me, that's neither here nor there because he lives in London and he, so he doesn't vote in the United States. Right. So like, if he just didn't say anything about it, then that would be perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah.
5: are well, hesitant to criticize either side when they're doing something wrong. Uh, I just see that the threat from the, I don't like the word woke anymore because it, it was first, it was co-opted and now it's been re co-opted and I, you know, but the threat from the progressive left, uh, particularly in the reaction, it will trigger from the right is to me a far bigger, far bigger concern.
3: Wait a minute, did he? Is he? So he's saying that the problem with the progressive left is actually the fact that it will trigger a violent reaction from the right.
1: That sounds like more
3: of a problem with the right to me. I yeah, it's like if I don't. Kn- I don't if like the progressive left is like advocating for policy and more tolerance and, you know, inclusion for trans people, which is sort of the hot button issue in the culture war still. And that's going to trigger a violent reaction from a bunch of crazy people. Uh, the problem was with a bunch of crazy people. Yeah, that seems pretty fucking clear cut to me. Like, It's like the why it's like the why are you hitting yourself of political arguments that he just made? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. uh, than some of the other stuff so that's why i've i've been a vocal critic of that because i think it's it's very very dangerous
4: yeah so i i guess one of the points that i would raise is that whenever i listen and we listen to a lot of content where people are being critical about the you know institutions or or the the kind of social justice left or progressive left or however you want to frame it um and one thing that often Blank again. seems to go unmentioned in those conversations is first of all that there is a very large receptive audience for critiques of those mainstream positions and of social progressivism on the right and those tend to be not what you're talking about with, like, small YouTube channels. You have huge media entities, you have national newspapers, and you have, like, channels dedicated to pumping out right-wing takes. And I, I often see that if it is recognized, like, just kind of gestured at, at that there is right-wing media, but the right-wing media is, like, a huge ecosystem and in terms of disinformation or you know kind of pumping out partisan rhetoric, it seems equally, if not much more guilty than the left-wing media ecosystems. You know, if you're looking at Breitbart or the Epoch Times or the Fox News, there's there's definitely a very strong tolerance there for partisan positions. So I wonder in, in those terms, I rarely see that, like on Joe Rogan, that's very rarely discussed, for example. And do you think that is a case of there being just more of a focus on, on the issues of the left? Or why, why does the right wing ecosystem tend to get a pass in heterodox spaces?
5: I don't think that it gets a pass. I just think to liberal people like me and Joe the idea that Fox News is full of bullshit. Wait, enterprise.
3: you just said that you were an enlightened centrist now you're now you and you're liberal like Joe Rogan what hey dude <laughs> hey dude, try to keep your bullshit straight. <laughs> I'm
1: just a centrist liberal
3: right winger you know like it's just try to keep your bullshit straight, dude, come on
5: right-wing propaganda is taken as given uh i don't i've been on fox news once i think i don't consider it to be an objective source of information just like i don't consider cnn to be an objective source of information
3: and uh, the one thing i wish chris would have done here has been like well where would you find an objective source of information (laughs) 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 yeah
1: but he also said fox news just like cnn
3: and that's just not true Right, they're like, not the same. It's like it's like they both have problems, but that doesn't mean they're the same, right? Like Yeah, like they they both
1: skew to one direction, but one
3: actively makes its viewers less informed. Well, that's I mean, you that's according to the liberals that made the poll, HK.
5: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> However, when you talk about the ecosystems being equal, I I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, look at, so I I went on Twitter this morning and I saw a tweet from Joe Biden uh, talking about how uh, he was basically criticizing the right. But what he was saying is we have a situation where people uh, either, uh, if, if there's an election, either they win or they believe that the election was stolen. And this is treated as a perfectly reasonable thing for Joe Biden to to say.
3: But he's a politician. He's going to say he's a partisan politician. He's going to come out and say partisan things to, like, try to influence people to like his party. That's like a part of his job as the president. Even if what he said is totally, like, partisan and and hyped up to 11, which I don't think what he said is, like, actually that even super controversial after what we saw on January 6th, Mm -hmm. which which he himself said was horrifying. Yeah. Uh but like there are candidates who are saying literally that. And too. And he just they were mentioning the media system. I'm sorry, uh, is Joe Biden a fucking media outlet? He's the president of the United States. He does he's going to go he
1: out. He has a big megaphone, but he is not a media
3: outlet. And he's going to go out and say politically charged things because he's a fucking politician. Like, what? Like That's his job. Like, what a dumb, what a dumb thing to say.
5: And though it's very clear that the mainstream media spent four years after the election of Donald Trump in 2016, lying endlessly about his election, the reasons for his election, uh, claiming it was Russia collusion, Russia interference, Russia, 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 to the point where at the time, even I believed it. And one of my reasons for being so disenchanted with the mainstream is how much they've been. Well,
1: the the government said that there was Russian interference in the election.
3: Right. They just they just like the 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 end of the report, the end of the Mueller report basically said, you know, we just can't bring charges. They basically said Congress has to do this because we can't really charge a sitting president with things because that's been the way that it's been done.
1: That was for obstruction of justice, but for collusion, they said, yes, there was Russian interference with the election, but we have no proof that Donald Trump colluded in that interference. Right. But so like you could, you could say that like Donald Trump had nothing to do with the interference, but denying that there was interference at all is just disagreeing with everyone who's ever
3: studied it and like suggesting that every country on the planet that has the means isn't trying to put their thumb on the scale in other countries politics is fucking stupid. We have whole we have whole departments of the government dedicated to that. In the Amer- in the USA it's called the CIA. Like, like Yeah. There there are but there are there in, are intelli- in this case Russia
1: spent a lot of time and a lot of effort to
3: to sway the results of that election. Or I, my, what I've kind of learned is that they were going to, they were fine either way, as long as they could like turn up the temperature. That was like most of the, they were funding, like they were putting up, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but they were putting up like event pages for demonstrations, both right-wing and left-wing demonstrations in the same place like to try to to try to like sow chaos and whatnot. I don't think yeah. that they necessarily and I don't know. I'm not a fucking Russian. I'm not a Russian intelligence operative and I don't have access to them. But I think in the end they didn't care what the result of that election was. The if if they if they could sow chaos, it's good for them.
1: Um I think they did cuz well, you know, Trump was objectively much more friendly to Russia than Hillary would have been. Uh but like denying that any interference from russia took place at all is just denying reality so i don't know why he's he's saying like you know the fact that media outlets were reporting on reality makes them untrustworthy like i just disagree that doesn't make them untrustworthy maybe all he caught
3: was um maybe all he caught was rachel maddow who i think did a horrible job during all of that ramp and everything like speculating saying saying things that weren't true on her show maybe maybe he's talking about that stuff but like that wasn't the majority of the media and there was also like the fox news is a legacy media and they were they were basically saying that nothing happened yeah so it wasn't the whole media it was just like you were saying fact-based media they were most of the time they were just reporting on what was being discovered I don't know. I didn't. I stayed away from all that stuff because there were so many things that um, were unknowable that I didn't want to end up. I didn't want to end up saying a bunch of dumb shit about some stuff I don't know about. <laughs> I stayed out of it. Joe
5: Biden can go out and say that and no one is going to flag up his tweet for misinformation in the way that they would do with someone on the right if they tweeted something like this. Um, So I think the idea that there's an equal and opposite echo chamber is untrue. I think the number of outlets and how seriously they're taken by the ordinary person is completely different. Uh, If I was to uh, give a normie friend of mine, quote unquote, uh, an article from Fox News, the way they would treat that would be very different to to an article from the guardian even though in my experience they're both equally frequently equally as inaccurate as each other Uh, and in some cases the guardian is more inaccurate and the bullshit that they're peddling is worse Uh, and so i think that to present these as equally significant is inaccurate in my opinion
4: in in that case constantine like one thing i'd i'd push back on though I listened to Rogan's podcast, and we've we've covered him in a couple of episodes. And it's not accurate to kind of present Joe as having just a complete wide variety of perspectives in terms of political takes. Generally speaking, he tends to be more in line in modern terms with the right-wing positions, like the, the conservative right. I mean, the politicians that he is in favor of our, like, DeSantis on T- Bernie Sanders. Um, but if Bernie Sanders, Joe said that he would possibly vote for him in the primary. And then when it was, and that was like a long, it was like 2015 or some shit that he had
3: Bernie Sanders on, <laughs> like,
4: it's, a, it's been a very long time. You got to reach real far back. Presented as an endorsement, he himself clarified he wasn't endorsing just saying he liked bernie right but but he had bernie
5: sanders on the show and he had cornell west on the show who's a radical leftist professor
3: i'm not by the way i would but these things were like such a long time ago
1: they also weren't joe rogan's beliefs like he was he was saying joe rogan's beliefs align with the republicans and For the most part, they do. I mean, not always. He has some beliefs that don't align with Republicans, but and I'm sure you know if Constantine were talking to me right now, he would be bringing them up as the only example.
3: (laughs) Well, right, and uh, we. I just like to separate out. Like, I don't know actually what his fucking beliefs are. I just know what he says, and he says things right now that align with like the sort of anti woke culture war side of the Republican Party. Yep,
5: if you take him at face value. The Joe show is entirely politically balanced. No show can be. Uh, And I am not pretending that Joe is a left winger. I think by the current conception... In the current climate, I think he would be sent to right on most of his politics. Although uh, yeah. I actually, I think I, p- I pissed him off a lot by saying that open borders is a really stupid idea. I heard him later talking about how maybe it's a good idea, so I don't know what his take is on that. Uh, but I, I don't think presenting him as conservative him off. is at all the correct way of presenting his views.
4: Yeah, I, I think that probably Matt and I have a slightly different perspective, although we'd agree with you, there are various issues where, you know, like people are complex, they have, you know, different takes on Joe mm. has a famous clip where he took the Rubin to task about the need for regulation, right? Um, and Candace dig-
5: Owens on, on the Green stuff and others. Joe is someone who seeks the truth and he's willing to challenge people when he disagrees so hard disagree on that Yeah, hard disagree person there are exceptions
3: he's willing to challenge people when he disagrees but it's it's like he had like a pro vax he had a person on who was pro vaccine and he challenged that person because he disagreed but like you don't you don't see him like you saw him going after dave rubin on building codes because what dave rubin said was fucking stupid and joe rogan like had a had a (laughs) had just had his studio built by like professionals who built him a good Studio that isn't dangerous <laughs> And so he was like Well no actually yeah. when you get this stuff done you hire <laughs> Professionals because they follow building codes But That was like that's like the lowest Hanging fruit is like taking Dave Rubin To task for saying something dumb on your show
1: But also uh Joe Rogan doesn't Seek the truth Like he has people On that that essentially Just say absolute Falsehoods and he won't challenge them on it because you know, he's not an expert and he also won't have experts in the field on not anymore. Sometimes he does, but he'll have someone on who's talking about like some ridiculous take on something that like scientifically we very much know about. And he won't have like a scientist who actually studies that thing on to clarify where this person's making a mistake or
3: anything that get wrong. Like, right. If he has a scientist on, it's like an astrophysicist or like an AI person or, you know, something that isn't like a hot button issue. So that it's like the, ga- it's like a more galaxy brain kind of thing. Right. He doesn't have like yeah, virologists, and- addiction medicine specialists, uh, infectious disease specialists, you know, he's not going to have on a climate change, uh, somebody who studies the climate, a climate change person, you know, it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be like somebody who found a black hole somewhere. And sure, that's fucking rad, right? But it doesn't balance... He doesn't have any black hole truthers on his show.
1: (laughs) And what I mean to say is, like, when he has a scientist on, it's just him talking to the scientist. But when he has someone on who's, like, some denier who's denying some scientific fact, like a vaccine denier or something, he won't have a vaccine scientist on there to be like well, here's why this person is wrong. This study proves this person wrong. This is why we know that they're wrong. And, you know, here's a video of a
4: microscope showing that they're wrong. But like, the uh, not an outright polemicist, but I think if you take a look at Joe's content over time, and especially during the COVID period, it heavily leans towards the right-wing narrative. And not... Not lightly so, because we covered his his episodes with Robert McCulloch and Peter, uh, sorry, Peter McCulloch and Robert Malone. And Mm -hmm. the level of kind of endorsement of conspiracism around COVID. It wasn't it wasn't a light asking questions. It was not too far from Majid Nawaz. And those figures were introducing that the uh, pandemic had been planned. By the authorities that the amount of deaths were being covered up that people with bullet wounds to the head were being counted so doctors could profit that no doctors were interested in curing the disease and so on and these were quite extreme positions and then joe made it clear on that that he saw it as his duty to kind of promote these people that were being silenced and Mm -hmm. that to me is not taking, you know, I'm just going to see both sides and and ask because when Joe had on figures that were pro-vaccine and there was much less of them, but when he did have them on, it was a grilling of, you know, uh, taking them to task. And that is not what happened with the people who were anti-vaccine. So I know that's a specific example, but I think that uh, Joe and other figures in the heterodox spheres have a tendency to retreat to, we're just asking questions and having a debate when the reality is more advancing a specific narrative mm. and often that narrative is on the right and it's i actually think it's perfectly fine for that to to be the case but just it it feels like it should be acknowledged more than it is Mm hmm. Uh, So uh,
5: I agree with you on a lot of what you said, and I disagree on some of what you said. So what I agree with you is I do think when we had the peak of uh, lockdown and vaccine enforcement and talk about mandates and all of this stuff, I do think during that period, the people that Joe had on and the way that he talked to them, you accurately describe in that it was more to one side than the other and the way the guests from one side were treated was different to the guests from the other side. Where I don't agree with you is, first of all, I don't see those issues as being right versus left at all. There were plenty of people on the left uh, who... Uh, were leaning more in the direction of people like Robert Malone and people. Ah, Mar- Gross! Lula. It blinked many again. Many apolitical people too. I missed it that um, time. So I, I, wouldn't see that issue as right and left, even though I agree with the premise of what you say. And I said at
1: the time, like, okay, if the you're way, gonna put up, put up animations, put up animations. But if you're whatever, gonna put like, a, a static image, don't fucking
5: animate it. Add them on, and I'll tell you why. I don't know. I, I didn't discuss this. With maybe you.
3: maybe he was just actually sitting there for this. <laughs> and he only just blinks once every five minutes. Maybe he's one of the lizard people.
5: So I don't know why, why he made the choices that he made. But from my perspective, the biggest issue that was happening at the time was uh, the idea that government must censor people for having these discussions. Uh, that we must prevent people.
3: No, they were getting kicked off the social media, dude. The government wasn't coming and fucking throwing anybody in jail.
5: Yes, uh, as
1: as I recall, the only time the government stepped in was when Alex Jones started defaming people.
3: To be fair, that's the, the they filed the the charges against him. That's a civil suit. The government is only there to adjudicate.
5: Yeah, fair enough from having these conversations and to me that's a very dangerous idea Uh, i don't agree with this at all and i was relieved that the most powerful podcaster in the world was forcing the government to essentially take note of the fact that they don't have that option, if that is what they're trying to pursue. Uh, so while I disagreed with some of his guest choices and I disagreed with the balance, you know, uh, I I actually when he said uh, I'd like to have people from the other side on, I suggested a couple of people to him uh, that I thought would 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 put the balance uh, the balance view um, and. Uh, You know, but also like like, things don't have to be a balance.
1: Like if you have one person on that's saying like, yeah, you know, the Holocaust, it was real bad, like just exceptionally bad. And we should never do one of those again. Then you shouldn't be like, hmm, maybe I should have a pro Holocaust voice on my show. It's Like, like, no, you don't fucking need one. There are some things that it's just fine to
3: not have a balance on. What you're talking about is balance in place of objectivity. Yes, it, it just because like, you just because you've presented both sides of an argument doesn't mean that you've <clears throat> even if you give completely equal time, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't mean that you're being objective, because if the argument is like, what shape is the earth? Well, the objective thing to do is to not have people on to debate that. Or if you do, you have it on as a ga- you have you do it as a gag because that's the objective way to like <laughs> deal with that. Yeah, he, it and I don't like Hoover Constantine's list of people. I don't know. Um, but you know who was never going to be on there to talk uh, during all this? He would have never had uh, Stephen Novella, Bob Novella, David Gorski, fucking any of those people like who do or are in the fucking trenches on the other side. Yep, because that's like who needed like if there was going to be the counterpoint on there, it needed to not only be like somebody who is a, a medical doctor or a virologist, but somebody who understands conspiracism and how these tropes work. Like, if you remember Sanjay Gupta went on there and didn't do so well, I would have done better than Sanjay Gupta because I wouldn't have focused on the like the medical data or whatever. Well, first of all, Sanjay Gupta is now a talking head, which is a perfectly fine thing to be. But he also wasn't like up to he's not like up to speed on all the stuff because he's not in like doing the research, but he also doesn't understand conspiracism. So, like. If it would have been better for him, like the ideally, it would have been somebody with both, somebody like uh, Gorski or one of the Novella brothers, right? But mm-hmm. he had Sanjay Gupta on, who was just not prepared for the fucking, uh, the fucking like barrage of bullshit he was going to be subjected to.
5: Yep. Cut me out and never talk to me again. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's open to hearing people's ideas. Um, So the the main points of disagreement with you is I don't think it's right versus left. And number two, I don't necessarily see the job of the alt media is as always being balanced. Uh, The job of the alt media is to provide balance. These are very different things. So if the mainstream media refuses to do something, then Joe Rogan or Trigonometer, whoever may do that thing. And then they both look unbalanced. But what we are trying to do... The is mainstream look, media
1: is, is refusing to is report that the Earth, Earth is flat. So instead, we're going to report that the Earth is flat so that we're providing balance.
3: Also, separating Joe Rogan out from mainstream media is just a fucking category error. <laughs> yeah, true. Because They'll on one hand be like, oh, he's the alternative media, he's the alternative media. And then, like, fucking... Maybe not him. Maybe not Constantine specifically, but some of those same people will be like, "Well, he does bigger numbers than CNN," and it's like, "Well, then, which is it?" Yeah, is that's why, like, I don't, I prefer like to say like legacy media because that's like a more accurate description of what CNN, NBC, even Fox—they've been around for quite some time. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's a better description. NPR, the Guardian, BBC is like a better descriptor than mainstream versus alt, because I mean, one could make the argument that David Pakman is almost mainstream media just because of the size of his audience. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the the distinction here is, is kind of, I don't like the distinction, the way it's being uh, used here. And I think Chris brought it up like with this framing, but you know, I'm being pedantic and weird. But that's what this show is for so i don't this I, I do this show so i don't get super pedantic and weird during things like the cult show tomorrow night i think it's important and in the case of the
5: pandemic my big issue was we mustn't force people to take a vaccine and we mustn't censor people who have even wacky crazy ideas about the COVID, the pandemic or whatever because at the end of the day, if we want, but to the live
1: the thing is, like, rights, not platforming someone them. isn't the same as fucking censoring them. Like, that's what guys like this, like, absolutely refuse to admit. Like, he he fucking knows it. Everyone knows that. Like, if if I mail CNN a letter saying, "Hey, let me on your show. I want to talk about X," and they're like, "Uh, no." They're not fucking censoring me. They're just not platforming me. And platforming these crazy people is wrong. It is wrong to platform someone who has a dangerous idea. An idea that's dangerous to society. Right. Anti-vax people have a
3: dangerous idea. And I mean, not for nothing, the whole heterodox sort of IDW space is a no platform for certain people's space, right? They are every one of them lockstep no platform for sam cedar from the majority report they will platform someone with a much smaller audience than him but no platform for him so i don't understand like what the difference is these people it's it's a fucking straight like and i I don't know like a couple of one or two of them talked to david pakman now there's no platform in that space for david pakman um because he you know what i'm saying so these people they they do the very thing they're talking about they're just not you know, they think that Twitter is the government or something that the government, he keeps coming back to this idea that the government's going to force you to get a vaccine. No, they're not. The government's going to censor you. No, they're not. We have some speech laws. Sure. Like I can't hire a hitman, but that's not really censorship at that point. That's like preventing a murder. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, and also like,
3: why shouldn't we force people to get the vaccine? Um, I don't want to, I'm not even going to ha- we're not going down that road because it's not like, because it's under not certain happening.
1: circumstances people should be forced to get the vaccine. Like students well, should be forced to right, get the vaccine a, if they're a, going a, to a a public hypo- school. This,
3: this is a hypothetical, um, and I don't. I'm not going. We're not going down that road. All right. <laughs> we're watching. We're listening to this content. We're not going to discuss whether or not the government should by force compel people to have a vaccine
5: to have these conversations openly and so i was simultaneously not happy that certain people were being promoted and also happy that they were not being censored i know that's a complex position and it sounds quite difficult but that that that's the way that i was coming at it from so uh and i and i think that that will happen on a lot of issues if you look at the people we had on trigonometry during the pandemic i think we were a lot more sensible about it we we had one guy on who was dr suchari bhakti uh who i think people would consider very problematic uh and really we we it's not like we were endorsing his point of view we just we wanted to hear what he had to say for himself youtube then banned that video and and gave us a strike for that Uh, based on the rules, the way they updated them at the time, our interview did break the law, the rules of YouTube. And we therefore didn't appeal it because we felt it was a fair thing for them to take.
3: That's amazing. What you just said is amazing. I never thought I'd hear, hear somebody, one of these people say that.
5: Yeah. (laughs) down and after that you know our own views on that issue evolved when we had COVID, we put an episode out talking about how bad it was for both me and francis discussing you know well, our,
3: this our- is it. one of the things i don't like about like conservatives is like it everything's not really a problem until it happens to them or like one of their family members it was like how dick cheney was hell of against fucking gay marriage until one of his daughters was gay and then he like really softened his position and said states should be able to decide and states should be able to legalize gay marriage if they want and so this guy, this motherfucker, like had a probably had a bunch of COVID deniers on, right? And then him and non Oliver got COVID. And uh they then all of a sudden they were like, actually this is really bad because it fucking it happened to them. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
5: dated views and all crazy of this time. stuff um so you know we tried to i certainly always tried to approach it from a position of honest inquiry and my concern with all of this stuff is the mainstream media were not doing honest inquiry they were they became a propaganda wing of the governments uh, governments which as we now know uh were were prioritizing public health over truth and i don't believe that a government should ever do that
4: so there's a there's a bunch of points that you made there, Constantine. Mm. I know I will say that I saw your episode where you discussed with David Fuller, mm. you know, and he was critical about some of the ways that you covered COVID and it was to your credit that you had that discussion with him and, and he pushed back quite forcefully, I think. Um, and also the subsequent discussion that you had with Brett Weinstein on his podcast that just Personally speaking, it was very nice to hear someone saying that I don't have the expertise. I don't think I should be commenting. We watched that. We put it
3: out as a, a bonus. I think it was uh, Constantine breaks up with Brett. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they're fucking. I don't think they're friends after that.
4: On this, and you know, not everybody needs to issue their takes on everything people are not Mm -hmm. experts on on every topic so i i acknowledge that you know you you have had i'm not saying that your position on this has been entirely you know like just endorsing right-wing partisanship Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing but some of the bits i'd push back on are when it comes to figures like malone and mcculloch and the the kind of anti-vaccine movement although traditionally there's been opposition on the left and right particularly the kind of uh health and wellness left side of things and the anti-vaccine movement has traditionally had a lot of support from kind of mullers who link it to autism because of Andrew Wakefield and that kind of Mm. thing right so but but I would definitely say in COVID era there is a strong right skew to anti-vaccine sentiment and that you can see this by the fact that most of the figures who you're talking about not getting a hearing in mainstream media are regular contributors now to right-wing media. Fox News, or in most cases of the people that appear on Joe Rogan show, Infowars as well, which is like- may, a, you know,
5: I, may I pause you just for one second? I don't mean to derail you at all. Uh, I would agree with you in terms of the media that, that have these discussions. But that's not who's, in my experience, who's watching that. Uh, I know loads of people in my life who who would come up to me and go, oh, thank you so much for talking about, you know, the vaccine mandates and all of this. And when I speak to them, my sense is they're not political at all, uh, and they're certainly not right or left wing. So uh, did, did, I agree-
3: are you having these conversations at a hipster coffee shop, dude? What are you talking about? Did everyone clap?
5: with you that the right-wing media grabbed that as an issue and promoted it because it aligns with some of their beliefs i don't think that's who the audience are obviously i don't have the empirical data to be able to prove this to you but i'm just going based on my own experience sorry to interrupt
4: no that's fine and i i would take the point that there are plenty of people who think there are valid debates to be had about school openings or the length of lockdowns and so on but i i I tend to think that, you know, I'm not saying there are no missteps or that there there aren't cases where there's a skew towards the government's position on like mainstream media or that kind of thing. But I, I do think there was a lot of debate about those topics in the media and like that the media is now such a fractured ecosystem that it was not difficult at all to hear. In fact, if anything, it's more like it was very easy to hear the contrarian takes on things. And that when it comes to like stuff like vaccines, you know, there always has been a a vocal minority anti-vaccine movement with Andrew Wakefield, RFK Jr., these these figures, right? And typically they're not given mainstream media coverage because their position is not equally well supported. And Mm -hmm those figures are now like for example Brett Weinstein headlined an event with RFK Jr and Del Bigtree and a whole cadre of anti-vaccine figures in the UK so the linkages between the like modern kind of critical of covid uh, of covid vaccines is very tied into the anti-vaccine movement and you know in the same way that we don't say We need to give equal hearing to the climate skeptics as the climate scientists. It does feel that you can create a false equivalence by seeking out, you know, the the kind of meme is in Joe Rogan's form, for example, that nine out of 10 dentists recommend this. Let's get that one dentist and and see what he (laughs) says, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, it's that uh, uh, the uh, the meme is like that one dentist must be on to (laughs) something. Yeah.
1: Always interviewing the 10th dentist.
3: <laughs> that would have been a great name for this show if we didn't do an intellectual <laughs> Dollar Tree, the 10th dentist.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, I hear you. So first of all, I, I don't think the equivalency you're making between vaccines that have been tried and tested for 30 years. And the current conversation about COVID, uh, well, not the current conversation, the conversation from around a year ago um, are, are in any way comparable. I don't think they're the same issue at all. There's a big difference between a a set of vaccines that's been around for decades and a new vaccine uh, whose long term consequences we do not by definition.
3: Does this know. guy think that they had just they never changed the fucking polio vaccine or the mumps and M- <laughs> you know, does he think that they these vaccines aren't always being like Proved on does he think that the Vaccine people were like up we got one for measles We're done now let's move on to the next thing never Think about measles again or this vaccine Like that's you know what I'm saying I think they're Probably all new vaccines like every year The flu vaccine is different
1: Every single year The flu vaccine is different Yeah They're all every single year and I bet you He gets the flu vaccine so he's Trying an untested unproven Vaccine every Single year
3: and I just, I just, I can't imagine like the MMR vaccine being the same as it was 20 years ago, right? There has to have been, you, They don't get, it, yeah. you don't, you don't, it's not like on the news and shit because nobody cares because you already, most people already had the MMR vaccine. so You're not going to get it anyway. It doesn't hit the news, but these things have to constantly be, be being improved upon, evolved, made even safer, made even more effective. Like they, that has to be the case. He just doesn't know that. I don't know that yeah. either, but I can't imagine that not being the case.
1: But he's also talking about, like, and so many of them talk about this, the long-term effects of these vaccines. And it's like, what do you think the long-term effects could be? Like, there's never been a vaccine that had uh, a long-term effect other than
3: immunity to the disease. Right. When, when there have been problems with vaccines, they've been pretty quick. Like after they were given right when yeah. when it's been like within the a very like a two week time frame. Sometimes the if you have a reaction, it's like literally right away. Like if you're allergic or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, any vaccine has a certain number of side effects uh, and the side effects don't affect everyone and you could be allergic to the vaccine the va- vaccine could trigger some sort of autoimmune disease that you already have uh you know th- vaccines aren't without risk but every vaccine that, that has been approved has been it has been less of a risk to take the vaccine than it would be to not take the vaccine and risk getting the disease and then risk the consequences
3: of that disease. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. For sure. I mean, he's he's like hedging here now and he's like agreeing again. He's like, he's like, oh, I don't agree with the anti-vaxxers or, or he's that you know I'm critical of them. Well, what's he what what's he doing right now? <laughs> he's jacking off yep. about the fucking vaccine.
5: Yep. Oh. So that's the first point I'd make. The second point is, I don't think it's true that the contrarian view was represented in the mainstream media at all for the first year or so of the pandemic. I mean, I remember the press conferences Boris Johnson was having where never a single journalist ever questioned him about, have you done some uh, analysis on how many people lockdowns will kill, right? And that is a fundamental input data set that is necessary to make a decision if you're making a decision between two choices to go left or to go right you need to know what are going to be the outcomes of the left one and what are going to be the outcomes of the right one estimates at least otherwise you cannot make that decision being fully
3: informed but so, but, but wait, okay so this is dumb listen i, I fucking fuck boris johnson right but <clears throat> there's a respiratory disease going around it looks like you just get it from breathing where people are let's so what we're going to do is we're going to try to limit everybody's contact with each other for a while. And and then he's asking, well, how many people is that going to kill? And I think it's probably zero. <laughs> it's not zero, but it's, it's very close to zero. Right. I think uh, that like-,
1: like people don't die of the lockdown. They die of like contributing factors exacerbated by the lockdown, like. If someone is also, depressed and yeah. okay. they're fair enough, like forced to remain at home, they might become more suicidal or something.
3: You know, I, I also just the the, the and the media winch has leaned on this the whole time. Nobody was locked down. Correct. Yeah.
1: By lockdown, what he means is, you know, he's not allowed to go into a crowded movie theater. Right, he
3: means the stay-at-home suggestion. I call it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sauce. Yeah, and there are places that actually did fucking lock people down. Right,
3: like right, but those were like, those like China. Yeah, pretty and, much only China, I believe. And they, like, I, they I per, ca- per capita, they had a lot, had a lot less dead people, unless you ask the conspiracy theorists, of course, because the Chinese first first invented it. And, and then it's, but it's also not real and you don't need a mask, but the Chinese are uh, like a, a bunch of them died and they're not telling you like the, but I just, the, the the lockdown is just, it's just dumb. It's a
1: biological weapon and it killed millions of Chinese people, but also it's not real.
3: <laughs> so, and we, and we should be able to go to the store.
5: I don't agree with you. That <laughs> well,
3: we should be able to go to the store. I was able to go to the store every day if I wanted. <laughs>
5: In terms of, uh, Brett and all of this stuff. I had know, to pick up the, my the, order the, outside the, of a the, best
3: the buy once, is. so. So chat's disagreeing yeah. with us, but I, I, I think like New Zealand and Australia just had stricter restrictions. You could still go to the grocery store, you know,
5: conversation. And I'm really enjoying it is you're kind of getting me to defend other people a lot. Uh, whereas I'd prefer if you, you to couldn't go outside, that is a lockdown.
3: All right. I don't want to,
5: I would. The issue I have with the, with the way we're having this conversation I'm really enjoying it is you're kind of getting me to defend other people a lot, uh, Whereas I would prefer that you just attack me and I can speak for myself.
3: <laughs> but wait, nobody's being attacked. I hate that word. I hate the word being used in this way. <laughs> I just hate it. Because if you if you like were were knocking on my door, you're like, I've been attacked, and I'm like, oh, do we need to call the police? You're like, no, actually somebody just said I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, Um, yes, call the police.
5: uh, Brett, uh, (laughs) I can tell you what I think about Brett. I disagree uh, with Brett's approach to COVID. I also am not qualified to agree or disagree with Brett's approach to COVID. But I instinctively do not agree with the way that he's approached it. At the same time, Brett is a very good friend of mine. He is a man I respect tremendously. Uh, him and Heather are two of the of the, f- the finest human beings that I've ever encountered in my life. And-
3: that doesn't mean they're not grifters. If they're fucking... They, it, you you have to be, like, personable in some kind of way or your grift doesn't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course the people they meet like them. Like... I mean, I, I wouldn't like them. I don't, I don't know. If I met them in a party and didn't know who they were, <laughs> I might think they were fascinating. <laughs>
5: fortunate to have encountered quite a few very high quality human beings so i believe in being able to disagree with people about important issues and 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 still appreciate the good qualities but yeah if if you if you want to have a go at me personally i i'd, f- I'd probably find that a lot more interesting and um <laughs> easier to to have that conversation
4: so the uh, the there's some <laughs> interesting points <laughs> interesting. On that. it's like <laughs> ah um because how do you respond to that <laughs> you like I think the the point that you raise at the end about the personal relationships be, between people is a good point to to switch to from the covid issue but I just want to respond to one or two of the things that you mm. said because Matt and I have spent a, quite a bit of time looking at anti-vaccine rhetoric and this mm. has been an interest long before covid there's there's papers from you know 2012 and stuff talking about the kind of tropes that you see in anti-vaccine communities. And I can say with complete confidence that most of the rhetoric that is in the COVID debate is exactly the same as the anti-vaccine rhetoric that you would see 20 or 30 years ago with the same arguments about it's Mm -hmm. not all vaccines, it's these vaccines, it's long-term consequences of triple-dose MMR vaccines, and so on and so forth. And you are right that we, we cannot know with 100% confidence, the long-term consequences of these specific vaccines yet, but billions of people are being dosed. And if there was a genuine danger and the technology was very risky, there is debate about those kind of things. Like the doctors are not villains wanting to mass murder people. So this would be the greatest controversy ever, right? If that in... 20 years, hundreds of thousands of people are dying early and so on. So the clinical trials that were conducted were extensive and they're misrepresented by the anti-vaccine people. But i mm-hmm. I know, I mean, I'm not asking you to get. I, sorry, that the isn't. Field.
5: But that, that is an argument that I'm making with all with all respect. Uh, I was talking about lockdown, if you remember. So in terms of the anti-vaccine stuff, I'm not saying I thought. An, A- and but Whitton he did just make positive. that argument.
1: Uh, right. Yeah. We, we talked
3: about him making that argument as he was making that argument. But then he moved on to something else. That's because that they all talk for so long that, like they wouldn't like talking to me because I, I would just interrupt them after they said something. Cause th- then they'd move on to something else. I'd be like, hold on, hold on. Can we go back to that other thing you just said? I'd like to, <laughs> I have a, I have, I have a few things I'd like to say about that. They're like in this, they're, he, they're in this mode because he's always interviewing these people, these kind of galaxy brain type of people. He's like in this mode where he's just fucking talking. And he's like,
1: yeah, maybe he doesn't even hear what he's saying. And by the yeah, time he finishes, he, he, he- has no recollection of it because we literally talked about him making that argument
3: like three minutes ago in the video. It was like 14 hours ago in, uh, in head time.
5: And of course, <laughs> all the people who are anti-vaxxers before are going to be against this particular vaccine. I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all. What I'm saying is that there were a lot of people like me who were simply saying, is the lockdown the solution? To this problem uh, and is having a second and a third one the solution to this problem i never got an answer to that nobody ever ever and i speak to people in government- because
3: we don't know <laughs> i'm sorry constantine we don't know
1: i mean to a certain extent yes we do know and it is a solution to that problem but you know he was asking what's the What's the death toll of the, the lockdown? And we don't know that, but we assume it's going to be less than 2% of the population. Which the death toll of COVID government was government. around 2% of the population at that time. Occasionally, like 2% of, of the people who got it. I mean,
5: how many people did you estimate that
3: lockdowns would kill? And if you can't answer that question, how- is he trying to debate about how many people that like Chris personally thought the lockdowns would kill? Or does he just mean the they, the big they, the big they in the sky?
1: <laughs> does he want an estimate? I'll I'll give an estimate. One. Well, in a he's thousand. not listening, and I don't want to get th- one in a
5: million. Sure, <laughs> maybe you've made the decision to lock down in the first place, and how on earth could you've made that decision to lock down further? And when I'm talking, by the way, about kill, I'm not talking about the vaccines going around killing. It's people. probably not three in a hundred. You have a record in excess deaths at the moment. It's not just suicides. It's cancer treatments that end up being Ah, out. gross. I was looking right at it when it blinked decades, the consequences of these decisions. And all I wanted, number one, was to have a transparent conversation about that. Number one. Number two, I thought that in the desire to achieve their public health objectives, uh, which is to get everyone vaccinated, blah,
3: blah, 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 blah. What he's doing here is not answering the fucking. He, he like went through an anti vaccine trope, an old one even. And then Chris asked him, he's like, oh, these tropes are all the same. And he's like, I was talking about lockdowns because he can't fuck it. Cause he, <laughs> I think he knows. And he's just not, he's just going to go back to lockdowns, lockdowns, lockdowns every time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I know we don't usually bring up chat in the, uh, podcast portion, but core 10 K and chat brings up a really fucking good point. The death toll of the lockdown needs to be considered with the, the fewer deaths because people aren't outside like Poor 10k mentioned car accidents. There were probably a lot fewer car accidents during lockdowns than there were prior or after. So even if the lockdowns had a certain death toll, if it's offset by the number of people who weren't dying in car accidents, then it's effectively zero.
5: The government attempted in this country, I mean, don't even get me started on Canada and Australia and Germany and Austria, but even in Britain, the government went way too far in attempting to deny people their basic civil liberties and their rights uh, and attempting to force people to take a vaccine against their will. I mean, I
3: made this point on Joe. What do you mean attempted to force? What does that mean? Government agents were not attempting to force people to take the vaccine against their will Governments were trying to persuade people to take the vaccine.
1: Uh, maybe he's talking about, like, the military, where if you didn't take it in the military, they could kick you out. Yeah, but I mean,
3: they require a lot of
1: vaccines in the
3: military. You, you've bought a certain ticket when you join the military, unfortunately.
5: Yep. Does it make any sense to anyone that you've got a health minister like Sajid Javid, who is not a medical expert, forcing doctors... To have an injection that they don't want to have. Yes. Does that make any sense? It makes sense to you. It does. Okay. Explain to me why that makes sense. Because the public
4: health procedures are not just decided willy nilly. And yes, you know, um, Cindy, I've heard you in other contexts talk about how people with utopian worldviews about mm-hmm. how you know the the world can be perfected and if we just get the right political system that one that's inaccurate representation of human nature and it, it can lead to very bad places, right? Mm-hmm. Utopian worldviews. So you have to price in constantly when you're dealing with government, if you're dealing with public health, that there will be miscommunication, there will be inefficiencies, mm-hmm. there will be like miscommunications, right? Sure. And uh, and and so when you price that in, and my experience of the pandemic, it it does sound very different to yours because I did see not only in mainstream media like politicians being questioned about policies, but also in podcasts with virologists who are very strongly pro-vaccine debates about what man it's what public health measures are appropriate and not, and and robust discussions about it, and it was presented as if. That was never allowed, but I heard it all over the place. And I heard heterodox people endlessly complaining, Joe Rogan complaining every week about it. And the reality is that you weren't forced to get vaccines, right? Unless you were working in health services or education or or government. Well, you
3: still weren't forced. You could just quit.
4: Yeah. And I just want to stop here. People have Uh, to
3: do shit. People have to do shit. They don't want to do at work all the time. You were required to not forced to. Right. But people do shit that somebody right now is doing some way worse shit than getting a vaccine for some shitty employer right now. Right. Like. (laughs) Yep. (laughs)
1: like, Like if I let's say I have a job and part of my job is cleaning the bathrooms. I'm required to clean the bathrooms, but I'm not forced to clean the bathrooms. Right. And, and I don't want to clean the bathrooms. Right. And
3: shout out to the people who do, by the way. Shout out to the yes. people who who that's, do that who do that kind of work cuz um that's literally a shitty job and those people are awesome for doing it. Um but I would suggest to you that the average like white collar the, the target audience of this show, they're going to be like white collar, maybe academics or like a lot of people in tech probably listen to shows like this. But maybe both of their audiences in a different way are kind of the same. But the audience of this show, they would much rather go get the vaccine than have to go clean the bathroom at their, at their office building or go clean all the bathrooms. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that people don't think about that, that somebody right now is doing like doing something at a job that, that would horrify you and, and people have to do it all the time. And I think that a lot of the very smart people are so detached from that reality that it, it, they, they don't even consider that when they start thinking about, oh, you've been forced to get the vaccine by your job? <clears throat> and then, you know, looks, you know, and then like some custodian looks over there and goes, the fuck are you talking about? You know what I had to do today? <laughs> you know what I had to do yep. today? Out of here with your vaccine shit.
4: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But the reason for that is to avoid vulnerable populations being impacted so there is a public health rationale for it and individual doctors saying well i don't want to do that that is their right to do so but you can't say that if you have a regulation where like if a doctor says you know i don't believe that i need to clean my hands in order to stop viruses (laughs) spreading and he's medically trained you don't say well, you know, he's got reasons for... How many doctors are doing that, though? Well, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, well, a, but no, 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 experience. no, but this is the point.
1: This Hold is on, wait, exactly wait, wait, pause, because, pause this, pause this, because this is actually really interesting. There were doctors that refused to do that. Yeah, I forget what I heard. Like, there was... no joke, Back no. When we, back when we were discovering germ theory, there were doctors who refused to wash their hands, and what do you think fucking happened to them? They're not doctors
3: anymore. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, I
1: mean, they're dead now. But <clears throat> they eventually, know, at the time they eventually they lost, weren't doctors anymore.
3: They eventually lost their license. Yeah, you know, there were nurses. Yeah, yeah. yeah though, there was all kinds of medical professionals before we understood germ theory, and then there were germ theory deniers and those people. I don't know how long it took or whatever. There was no Twitter, so I can't, can't go back and look and see what they're arguing about. But I bet there was like yeah. weird, like fucking conspiracy debate about that shit too. And those doctors eventually were—they were just quacks.
1: And this guy's acting like this is some like ridiculous,
5: far-fetched scenario. But that's
1: actually literally happened. Yeah,
5: it wasn't zero point zero 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 00000001 percent of doctors saying I don't want to have this vaccine. It was quite a lot of them, and uh, th- we were going to lose a lot of medical. It actually stuff. was a fairly uh, so was small number. And a half months ago, several of the nurses who, or the midwives rather, who who helped to deliver him, in private. Told me that they were not vaccinated and that they were going to leave the national health service if they were forced to do it. So I'm not just talking based on just you know something ah. I invented in my head. I'm telling you, there what were a weird thing to privately tell who someone who medically qualified who did not want anything to do with this vaccine. Now,
3: but this is a story they- that we just have to take his word on.
5: Yeah, it, it's like it's a,
1: it's such a strange story too. Like. <laughs> These people pulled me aside. And they said, sir. This is, this is a very strange thing for me to tell you, but I'm not vaccinated. And I don't want to be forced to be vaccinated. So if they're going to force me to be vaccinated, I'm. going to
5: Did or didn't. Why are you, didn't. you telling me this? For an issue. My point to you is.
3: Maybe they knew who he was. Situation where his channel is not unpopular.
5: Doctors and medical experts. If they're, like yeah, anti- maybe.
3: if they're like anti-vaxxers or whatever, they would probably n- maybe know about him
5: want to have a vaccine I don't think oh man it makes any sense That's, that's
1: crazy to think about how skewed his version of reality is you know him thinking like oh someone came up to me and said this and like his view is like that's just a random person coming up and telling me this so like that many just random people you know out of all people it's this many people that believe this it's when really like, no, it's not just random people. It's a very selected group. They all it do is this. a
3: pre-selected group. They, they all do this. If <clears throat> like Brett and Heather do this too, where they say they talk to someone, right? Mm-hmm. And even if it's a random person, yeah, they're, they're famous enough that enough people know who they are, that the, the people who are going to come up to them <clears throat> are likely to either, I don't know, tell them to go fuck themselves or, come up and tell them some weird anti-fucking anti-vax story they have. Yeah. Be enforced upon
5: them, particularly when we don't have any evidence that the vaccine was hugely effective
4: at preventing transmission well, from one person to another. Yeah. But the vaccine has proved extremely, like when we're talking about the impacts of COVID, right? You know, the death statistics and stuff make it very clear that this did lead to excess deaths across the world, a large, impact on public health services and medical Mm -hmm. facilities and transmission the way that it's often presented in i find in the heterodox sphere is as if the vaccines are you know practically useless and do nothing but when you look at the, i don't think that at all it, yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying that's literally how he was mean, presenting it 30
1: seconds ago
3: well to be fair it was nurses and he was saying that the government shouldn't ever tell a nurse what to do which is weird because they have to follow so many fucking regulations as part of their job
1: i mean he he just presented that that way by saying that we had no evidence that it uh it prevents transmission and you know he, he's responding saying like Yes, many people present the vaccine as if it was ineffective. And he's like, I didn't say that. Well, yeah,
3: I mean, even though he essentially
4: just, just said that. Yeah. Relatively less effective with later strains, right, with the earlier vaccines. Mm. But in most cases, not on the par, just less effective. And when it comes to stopping the spread amongst the population of the virus, public health has to take Something of a one-size-fits-all no, approach.
5: I mean, you, I, I'm sure you think that, but I disagree with this completely. I mean, this argument can be used to push all sorts of tyranny onto the population because so, if the interest, hold on a second, let me answer your point. Yes, it if can,
1: interest- but it's not necessarily going to. And like, this is the idea of like, oh, if we pass a law that that allows, you know, allows us to to mitigate this risk then we'll start mitigating non-risks and eventually we'll be the Nazis. It's like... It is just a slippery slope fallacy. That's, I mean, that's all I can say. Is, it's literally just a slippery slope fallacy.
5: Of the grit of the nation requires some sort of health measure. I mean, we, you know, we've got to protect the NHS. Why don't we just shoot obese people? They are the real What the evidence. fuck? They're the ones that are doing it. How far do you take restrictions what? of people's civil liberties
3: and forcing? I mean, no, we were not, okay, going around and fucking checking somebody's BMI and then bladding them. is. Not, I would I would maybe not say that. OK, yeah, it's, it's a violation of your civil liberty, but I don't think that that's how I would describe that.
1: <laughs> I wonder what would happen to the death statistics if you
5: did that. My guess is they would go up, right? (laughs) Because you're going around shooting people to inject stuff in their body. Why don't we invent a vaccine for obesity and force fat people to take it? Almost everybody in our society would completely agree that that would be unethical, Uh, forcing people to have an injection. They don't.
3: Again, like people weren't forced. They were required because they had to keep their job or wanted to fucking, I don't know, continue to volunteer at the local, local, lo- local middle school or whatever. But that's, they weren't, that's also, not- uh,
1: I'm, I'm going to, this, this is like really hard to understand, but I'm, I'm going to try and break it down into like the simplest medical terms. I can being fat is not contagious
5: would be considered unethical in any that's other fucking why Constantine when everyone shits the bed over
4: COVID so how about childhood vaccination for things like polio and tuberculosis which are I'm not f- optional m-
5: I'm in favor of it and I want my son to have but it why why but why <laughs> because I think uh, those th- vaccines would be
4: advantageous to him but if they are not mandated, like childhood vaccination and mm-hmm. you choose not to have it for your kid and the polio virus comes back or your child gets polio and is badly injured. So your preference would be that we don't mandate any vaccinations for any diseases and allow them to return Or is it specifically COVID?
5: I think it's slightly different with children because children are incapable of making that decision for themselves. We're talking about adults. So if we're talking about adults in the context of COVID, I
4: don't think COVID vaccines should ever be mandated, no. But just COVID vaccines. So you do think there are circumstances where if the disease is infectious enough or debilitating enough that it could be right to mandate it? in order to keep immunity and to protect I children. think for
5: me, the issue is, is less about the disease, although obviously that's a factor. I don't think it'd be stupid to pretend otherwise. If Ebola had this, the, the levels of spread of COVID, we'd be having a different conversation. Although... I don't think you'd need to force a lot of people to take it because they'd be taking it themselves. But it's, for me, the issue—you totally know—you would different think, like but i <laughs> <have to> <laughs> me tell you for them, and that, that's a bit different. So that that would be the difference for me. But uh, my point is is something else, which is the the the, the taking away of people all sorts of pe- rights that people normally have during COVID. That was the thing that annoyed me. And those were the rule, the principles that I thought were being violated that I thought were important to stand up for, which is why, again, I encourage you to ask me about my views as opposed to defending people who think the vaccine is, you know, a 5G plot or, or whatever the, the hell
3: that is. <laughs> well, that's as good a place as any, I think, to stop this because we're almost an hour and a half in and I haven't had a drink yet. So <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because there was a couple times where Constantine said something And Chris was like, you said this. He's like, no, I didn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That happened twice. That was, (sighs) and I, I wish he did push back. Uh, but maybe he just didn't catch it. That, that that is exactly what Constantine was doing, but
3: yeah. Or it's just that he's just a different person than you and me. And he's just not, that's not like his, like he just isn't as likely to be like directly confrontational as we are and that's fine you know chris and matt do pretty good work on their show um we are going to listen to the rest of this during the post game because this is this is pretty good just a couple takeaways constantine isn't really good in an environment where somebody's like questioning him about what he's doing and who he's chosen to associate with it's pretty clear to me that he was not he did not like being questioned about like what he was platforming on his fairly popular YouTube channel. He did. It's clear that he does not want to have that particular discussion. And, but his show isn't really about himself or what he thinks it's about his guests. It's he has his guests on and that's what draws the people in. So what is, he doesn't give his position very much. He just platforms people with what I would think are generally the, the, Bad positions and, uh, or no. unfunny people who are mad that they can't be comedians anymore because they're unfunny. Um, you're thinking of the hosts? Uh, no, I'm thinking of uh, some of their recent guests too. They've been kind of leaning hard okay. on the can't do comedy <laughs> thing lately, so they have a bunch of unfunny fucking people like Adam Carolla on. It. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You're, you're you're right about that. Adam Carolla has not been funny since Loveline. Anyway, HK, you want to read the show out?
1: Alright. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to catch the red light right after the song we play. And if you're listening on the podcast uh, and you'd like to come watch us on Twitch, we stream this show live every Wednesday night at 7pm. That's Pacific time. Um, uh, Check us out at ecoplexmedia.com. We have a lot of other shows, including a show we do every... uh, Well, we put it out right before this show every Wednesday, and it's on YouTube, and it's called How the Tech Are You? It's like a tech tech news show. Uh, And we also just recently launched uh, a new Mastodon instance called Port87.social. So if you want to go follow us on Mastodon, uh, I'm at HParen, and Dave is at Dave. So check us out there. Uh, if you want to donate to us, it's patreon.com slash and this is Boomers by Periscope.
0: has a 24 hour stream. That's right. Check out our 24 seven music stream at ecoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer. Add in commercial free. Well, except for ours and even by request. Check out the player on ecoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Ecoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.